Hey, everybody. Welcome to the UJ Sports Live podcast. My name is Roddy DeBolsey. I'm joined by Coach Jim Donnan, the former head coach of the University of Georgia Bulldogs, and, of course, Dane Young, our technical advisor, co-host, uh, guy that basically we just keep around because we don't know how any of this stuff works. So thanks to Dane for making sure that we are on the air, even though uh, I'm a little late today. That's my fault. But I'm here at Classic City Eats in Watkinsville. You need to come out here and try it. They have up all their Halloween decorations. It's uh, spooky and fun in here. Plus, they have lots of TVs everywhere that keep me distracted during the show. So when I'm looking off, when I should be paying attention, that's my fault. Uh, they have great food. I'm going to show you some of the, the cheese and uh, uh, sausage plate that they put out for me. It smells so good. And, of course, they have ice cream. And now they have uh, uh, a great pizza oven. So you come out here and get pizzas and calzones. We've tried those recently. They are fantastic. So hit up your friends at Classic City Eats in Watkinsville if you want to come watch the game or watch the Braves. Hey, let's, uh, good luck to the Braves as they go for another world title. You also Coach, have wanna... the NBA Papa shot over your right shoulder. You should go take a shot or two in the middle. Dude, dude, I already have the high score. You know that. You know that. <laughs> That's what the RN stood for. Okay. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, it's a game room here. So, if you want to bring the kids out, it's fantastic. Of course, they have outside dining as well. Uh, Coach, I want to jump in real quick to the Georgia-Auburn uh, game. Another big victory for Georgia. People still a little, little tight about how the game went down, you know. But, of course, it's a 42-10 to 10 victory. You covered the spread. You went by 32 points. And, uh but again, it's that kind of transitive property. It's like, well, Georgia didn't look perfect in the first half. They only had 25 passing yards. And so when Georgia faces Mississippi State or uh, Tennessee or you know, Alabama in the, in the championship game, they're going to get killed. I tend to think that we've spent five weeks wondering where the uh, running game was. Then Georgia comes out and runs it for almost 300 yards. Now we're worried about where the passing game is. I don't think we're – I don't think we can be happy coach am, am i wrong yeah, I, or what <laughs> and certainly uh, i don't know the mindset of anybody but i do know this that i've been coaching a long time and when you've played 25 games over the last two and a half years and you've won 24 of them you're doing a lot of things right that seems good that's what our record is right now <laughs> 24 and one Jesus. The only game we lost was to the SEC championship game, and the most of them haven't even been close. So there's going to be some peaks and valleys. There's going to be some ebbs and flows. And anything I say, you, you can take uh, or anybody can take and spin it the way you want to. But I, I think the main thing with our team is the addition of Carter and, and, uh, and hopefully uh, getting back A.D. Mitchell will just add to the, the – uh, what we've got to do to to be a championship team. And certainly the fact that we can run the ball that effectively against probably the best defensive front we played this year, uh, I would say, uh, was pretty impressive, wore them yeah. down. Sure, we were off a little bit on some passes, and that'll happen. But, uh, you know, my man Dane's going to tell you that uh, our quarterback's averaging more yards a game than Hendon Hooker, the Tennessee phenom. So, what? Uh, He'll tell you that. I'm only. I'm just teeing him up for that. But <laughs> you just can't make too many comparisons and be right. Or certainly, uh, that was a great win for Tennessee against an LSU team. That what has LSU done this year? I mean, come on. Uh, it, it was a good to go down there and win it. But uh, we'll see more about Tennessee this week when they play against that Bama defense. But I think just the the fact that we've experimented so much with different line 
play with different receivers, uh, different formations and all that. But when, when push goes, gets to shove, we got the third and fourth quarter. We moved Stetson around. We used our running game effectively, and our defense continues to play, you know, pretty good against us, uh, no matter who they're playing against. But uh, like we said on the Watch Along show, Robbie Ashford set the world record for throwing the ball in the, in the hedges the other day. He threw the ball over there out of bounds so many times I couldn't even keep up with him. But Kirby almost had a couple catches. Yeah, I'm, I'm really not uh, – based on what I've seen from our team practice-wise, game-wise, all that, I just think our, our running game helps our passing game now. If we can run the ball like that, can you imagine the play action we're going to have uh, down the stretch? So uh, I would say – Buckle up, baby. Buckle up and buckle it up and ride this horse because we're getting ready to ride the rodeo. I'm promising Dane, you that. Dane, I got a question. For, I got a question for you, Dane. Coach brings up Robbie Ashford. You know, and we were. I, I just spent a whole last week talking about how Georgia's defensive line wasn't like last year's defensive line, and they're not. But to be fair, they got through there and made him run around a lot. He threw it uh, out of bounds all the time. But at the same time, they also had uh, procedure calls over and over and over again. So I want to know, were there more of uh, false procedure calls or more passes into the shrubs? Mm. Off the top of my head, it felt like more passes in the shrubs to me. But, you know, (laughs) I'm also the one that has the tinfoil hat theory of Brian Harson told his center to say what he did just so he could get fired and get that buyout quicker. Um, Yeah, What was their third down percentage? Not good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they could be uh, five of 17. So this was the guy, the uh, council, the, the uh, center said, well, we, we just got to keep them out of their third down packages and, you know, then we could demolish them. And I think I just third down. That, I just think it's good that our players after the game, uh, different people comment, you know, hey, we, we, we enjoyed our playing a lot better in the second half. We weren't on eggs and we played eggshells and we played a lot more confident, but also – Hey, we just beat Auburn forty-two to ten. Auburn was seven and one the last eight times we played them. Sixteen and three the last nineteen times. They haven't scored more than one touchdown in, in Sanford Stadium since. If you've got a kid in the seventh grade, he's never seen them score more than one touchdown. So, uh, you know, I think we're doing a lot of good things, but <clears throat> that's part of this this site that you have, though. To I hope some people ask me some tough-ass questions. I'll answer them the best I can. But I, I really like this team. I like the, the mojo they're getting ready to have. Uh, I think we're in a better position at this point uh, this year than we were last year in a lot of ways. But uh, maybe we were not quite as good in the punting game, but the punters playing pretty well. Uh, he had a chance to punt in front of his parents and his I think his sister Saturday, they came all the way from Australia and they're going to stay for the Vandy game. So that was pretty cool. That's why Georgia went to uh, punt it more than they normally do. They could have gone and put it in the end zone, but they wanted to, they wanted to show them off a little bit. <laughs> that, the fact that, <laughs> that the fact Georgia's in a lot of long third down and longs early in that first uh, half. Uh, they were kind of behind the sticks. Right, Dan, give me your overall thoughts on the game now that you've had a couple days to process it. It's really a perception and a reality thing for me. So – what was the feedback that we were getting from a decent amount of the fan base, Roddy, after, what, three games in the season? What, what was the common offensive complaint? Uh, where's the run game? 
Yeah, Georgia can't run the ball. All right. So now we've kind of come but, full and circle. And also, this team's better than last year's. That was also after three games. Well, I did say that one time myself, too, and I can eat those words now. Um, that's fine. I, I, I forgot I was, that, but that's good. I don't think, I don't think you're going to have to eat it. I don't really do. I mean, there's the potential that this offense is better than last year at this time. That I'm confident about. Uh, and there's a lot of reasons for that. Defense, I mean, the lack of N'Kobe Dean is obvious right now. Jordan Davis, obvious right now. Yada, yada. Okay. We've come full circle. And now, kind of the complaint after the Georgia-Auburn game is, it seems like Georgia's really struggling to pass the ball. But the the perception is around the SEC, a lot of fans are saying, well, Tennessee's got it all together. Tennessee's passing game is hard to stop. Look what they did at LSU. They're going to play against Alabama this weekend. It's going to be a tough game. Well, as Coach said, Stetson Bennett is averaging more passing yards per game than Hendon Hooker. Stetson Bennett, 291 passing yards a game. Hendon Hooker, 286. Roddy, where do you think Stetson Bennett ranks in the SEC in terms of total passing yards? Second. Second, behind Will Rogers from Mississippi State, and obviously that's a different kind of offense. How many more rushing touchdowns do you think Stetson Bennett has than Hendon Hooker? Ooh. I have no idea. Bennett has five. Hendon Hooker has three. That means that total touchdowns are responsible for at this point when you account Hendon Hooker's thrown ten touchdown passes, Stetson Bennett five. Hooker is responsible for 13 touchdowns directly, Bennett 10. Fine. Okay, even if you say at that point, well, he's not playing as well there. Georgia has 21 rushing touchdowns as a team. Tennessee has 17. The only difference right now is that Tennessee has put a couple of these passes into the end zone. Georgia's getting pushed out at the one or two, and we've seen that happen two or three times this year. But the perception and reality, when you look at the stat sheet, both of these offenses are really good. They're both efficient. They're both doing good things. The main thing with Tennessee – Zero uh, interceptions. Hooker is protecting the football. That's why they're so explosive right we've had, now. We've had one, but I'm a lot more uh, – you know, I think Tennessee certainly got a lot of different things going for them. Their defense against the run is okay because they get a lot of lost yardage plays, but they're terrible against the pass. I mean, I'm talking about terrible. So, we'll just have to see. Uh, we'll, you know, if, if Young plays Saturday – I think Tennessee, uh, I mean, Alabama minus eight might be the best bet in the history of the world. But if he, if he doesn't, then Tennessee plus eight might be the best bet. <laughs> so you'll have to see. But uh, Alabama's defense is pretty ferocious right now. And uh, they, they're doing a lot of good things. But any other defense would have probably lost that game with those three turnovers the other night. But uh, – and thankfully, Jimbo Fisher had a brain lock there on the goal line. I don't know what they were trying to do, but uh, <clears throat> to compare teams. You know, Kirby talks about it. Uh, Nick talks about it. It's hard to compare teams uh, because of relative schedules and all that. But uh, I would say, after looking at Kentucky the other night, even if Levis doesn't play, uh, you know, starts playing again. I mean, uh, I, I don't know about Kentucky. I think Mississippi State worries me more than Tennessee right now. Really? That's that's interesting. Coach, uh, I want to go back to the Stetson Bennett thing and the passing touchdowns. Georgia's gone three games without a passing TD, and as Dave points out, some of those guys were just knocked out at the one. And I've got no problem with scoring 42 points if they're all touchdowns. That's fine. We also were talking about the red zone issues after Kent State and Missouri. Georgia got to the red zone five times, scored five touchdowns. I, I'll take that every day of the week, you know. Uh, but 
but there is one criticism, and I want to ask a former quarterback and a quarterback coach. There's there the perception is, and the numbers kind of back it up. That Georgia's not been very good on deep shots. They've been inaccurate. There haven't been a lot of completed. Very few passes over twenty yards through the right. air. Just not a lot of that. He's he's missed, missed, is this all Ad Mitchell going out, or and yeah, there were two no, misses in that game. So he's talk, talk, talk about that. Ad Mitchell will help him. Uh, you know, you look at that catch he made in the national championship game. That'll be big. Uh, you know, you're you're throwing the ball to the X receiver right now. Uh, you've got a guy in Rosemead. He's not a deep threat guy. That's why we throw underneath. And then Meeks and uh, and Bell have, have not shown a real propensity to get open on the weak side. So uh, McConkie's had his drops. Uh, you know, Bowers has had an overthrow or two. I think we're just looking for things. And, and you know, certainly you can – I can critique Stetson on certain things. I mean, he pushed – has missed some throws, but uh, I see guys do that all the time. He's got a phenomenal record for his winning quarterback right now. I mean, look what he's doing. Uh, we'll, we'll see how it works the rest of the year. Everybody's talking about how good he played early. I thought he came back last week and had a really good uh, second half. He had a good second half against Missouri, too. And, and like Kirby said, you got to get your other players got to help, too. Uh, you can't miss protections. You can't miss runs when you got a chance but uh how worried are you about his shoulder because he saw him but he's moving in the missouri game he obviously got hit kirby admitted that he got banged up in the missouri game he's working his shoulder out we saw him on the sideline throwing the ball which he never does you know in between series so and we've seen the last two weeks he's been uh, he's been off other times he's been you know the month the ball's on the money that uh cross the body past a lad mcconkey that went 21 yards was sharp but then a few others he's just uh like you said he's trying to guide it in there uh how do you deal with a quarterback that's kind of your best option but dinged up did you change the play calls you know we we saw the play action was great if he's got a short a a sore shoulder then you've uh, you got to work it out give him treatment uh uh, let him rest a couple days uh there's a lot of things you can do but it it obviously is not as sore as bryce young's shoulder and the fact that he got to play and Bryce didn't. So we'll see how that works out. But, uh, you know, I think it's just it just adds fuel to the fire to be able – if there's any way people can critique Stetson, they're going to do it. And and certainly uh, some of this stuff's warranted, but others is not. So uh, the, the, well, main thing Stet, the main thing with Stetson Bennett that is not seen on stat sheets and really in his performance, when he had that run, that long run for a touchdown, did you see how his teammates reacted, both the ones on the field and off of the field? That's why Stetson Bennett has become the number one quarterback at Georgia. That's why he's beaten out players that may have more talent than him overall. I, I'm not sure you can look at the history of, of what you think on that situation, but just the reaction of them. He's won that locker room a long time ago. It's a similar thing when Dan Jackson makes a big tackle. They've seen him in practice. You just see the natural excitement and enthusiasm from his teammates, and that's a big deal. And not a lot of teams have that. Very true. And I think uh, when you saw Dolan Smith going wild on the sidelines for that and Jackson Meeks, you know, we asked him, hey, what were you thinking during that long run? He's like, just don't get caught. Don't get caught, baby. And it was you could see that the, you know, they start grinning around it. And, but to be fair, it's not just Stetson that's getting that microscope. You know, you, you're winning these games, and I guess the Georgia fans are just trained to look, you know, wait for that other shooter drop. So, well, to that point, 
Adalis, uh, analysis, Kendall Milton. People are like, oh, Kendall's always hurt. I'm like, the guy's got banged up. And Arian Smith, they gave him nine types of hell. You know, there's uh, Tate Ratledge has been undeserving of some of the criticism he's received. So there, it's not just that. Everybody's looking for the chink in the armor. So Well, the perception and reality, because Kendall Milton came to my mind, too. And me and Brent Rollins were talking about this over the weekend. And I, I had the same thing, that, like, Georgia looks like it's a better running team when it's Dejan Edwards instead of Kendall Milton. And he said, well, if you look at the PFF grading and even, like, the yards per carry, it's virtually the same. They just look different when they're doing it. Yeah, so, so, so the result is one thing. It's almost the style of it that, you know, or maybe the size. Like, you see the potential of Kendall Milton should be going a bit more explosive hasn't necessarily happened he's had some injuries but the result has been the same for those guys and yet the narrative's different yeah coach i want to ask you about the running backs because a lot of people saw how well branson robinson did sec freshman of the week congratulations to branson robinson uh dejan edwards three rushing touchdowns look great we know uh uh feel bad that uh, Kendall got banged up. This would have been a great game for him, but uh, he's a little bit tight there. But Kenny McIntosh, of course, is one of your leading receivers and a guy that can do everything. In the first few games, you know, Kenny was getting recognition all over the nation. Where's towards that? I mean, they they almost look like plug and play, like any of them can go in. How do you manage that rotation? How do you, Who do you pick get to get the first snap against Vandy? Uh, I mean, I, 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 congrats to uh, them also picking up a – running back commit and Roderick Robinson, uh, the former UCLA commit, uh, he flipped yesterday. So Dell McGee's got a great, uh, I'll call it a problem, but he's got a lot a lot on his plate there trying to keep everybody happy. Coach, who, who would you start? Yeah, I think we got uh, good players that all have roles and do certain things better than others. We don't have a first-round draft choice back back there like uh, – you know, like Chubb or, uh, you know, uh, Gurley, but we got guys that are good players. So uh, what they got to do is is stay fresh, know their assignments and execute and do what uh, – play within the framework of the offense. They like to use McIntosh out of the backfield. Uh, Edwards is getting better at catching the ball. Uh, we haven't seen him throw the ball much to uh, 22 yet, so uh, we'll see what he does. And, of course, Milton – can do a lot of things. So, uh, you know, that that's a good deal. I mean, people like to see all those backs, but then when we start rotating linemen, they weren't wonder why we're rotating linemen. So what do you do there? So uh, <laughs> that's great. I tried to ask Kirby about that uh, from a position standpoint. I'm like, how, how do you determine which positions get rotations? And uh, he gave me a, a very similar answer to yours, like the good guys play. And if we got a lot of good guys, a lot of them are going to play. So uh, that's that's what we've seen. Uh, I want to take a quick break here and talk about a couple of our sponsors. So folks stick with us through the commercial break. I want to mention our friends at Athens Ford first, mainly because they also sponsor our watch along show. So we need to give them a lot of love. And they also sponsor the dog vet. So uh, if you want to come to UGA sports and you know read the dog vet, read all our stories, big shout out to uh, Athens Ford for sponsoring it. Plus if you do the watch along show, like we you know we'll have this Saturday, uh, they are a big sponsor of that. So we give them uh, priority today, just like they give you priority when you come out there. If you walk out there to buy a vehicle or to just get service done, you're going to feel like you're the only person in the place. They do take care of you to that level. I mean, if uh, Chick-fil-A had a uh, car dealership, it would be Athens Ford. Just the customer service is off the charts. They do whatever they can to make it easier on you, whether it's uh, a 
a loaner vehicle while yours is being serviced or a mobile service van to come out to your house and do service while, you know, while your car sits in the driveway or while your car's at work, you know, they can come check on it. Uh, you can order a car online. You can say, look, here's exactly everything I want to make it easier for you. If you want to, if you look, go on their website, and you see a vehicle you want to look at without actually driving out there. They'll, they'll put you on a zoom call and walk around the, the uh, vehicle with their phone. You know, So point being, it's great customer service out there. Plus, they also take care of the folks in the community, and they take care of us. So we, that means a lot to us. they got over 250 cars on the lot. You're not going to find that hardly anywhere else because very few places have enough vehicles right now. But Athens Ford does. I also want to mention, uh, if it's, it's early, it's about 1223. You're thinking about, hey, I got, you haven't gone to lunch yet, or you're thinking about uh, dinner. Go ahead and check out our friends at Europi because they have the Cubano pizza out there. They have gel- the uh, fantastic gelato. They have the uh, customizable uh, pastas, the salads, all the fantastic food. But if you do it, if you order today, before you, don't order walking into the store. Sit in the parking lot for five minutes and order on your phone. Get the points that build up through the Europi app. Today is double points day through, throughout the entire day. And you can actually order stuff for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, down the line through Saturday. And you know, go ahead and place your order to be picked up or delivered later on the week and still get your double points today. So hit up our friends at Europi. They're huge dog fans. Drew and Natalie French are, live here in Athens. They have tons of different locations, but they started here. And they're Georgia grads, they're Georgia fans, they go to Georgia events all the time. So support the people who support the dogs, and you know, the folks at Europi absolutely support the dogs. And that one in LaGrange, wow, that is a fantastic Europi spot. That is one of the best ones I've ever seen. So, so I was able to see that one uh, recently. What a great location. So you folks in LaGrange, do me a favor, swing by the Europi downtown. All right, let's bring on – I know we got a bunch of questions uh, Dan, you want to hit us some, hit up, hit us on a few of the questions that came in? Well, what I want to do first is just talk to Coach a bit about uh, Vanderbilt and Clark Lee and oh, what they've been doing. <laughs> this is two times this week you've done that, Roddy. We'll have a question later on about your question to Kirby Smart. Uh, but Coach Vanderbilt this year uh, had a quarterback change already. It had a running back lead the program this week. So a little bit of a roster shift in what they're doing. But overall – uh, Kirby Smart said this is one of the more improved teams in the conference, and Clark Lee seems to be in the midst of changing the culture. I'd just love to get your take on Vandy and what the Commodores are doing. Well, certainly they, they got a lot of room for improvement because they were, you know, really left without too many players for sure. And uh, knowing the, the, the culture there because he played, he, he's got a good beat on it, and he's been able to – get the most out of the guys and he's developing some better habits. They're still very uh, lacking in overall depth and talent, but uh, got that first win against Hawaii and then, you know, a couple more. So uh, defensively, they just have a hard time getting off the field. Uh, last next, they going into last week, they were uh, the last team in the country in pass defense. And now they moved up one notch and there's, second from the last so hard to defend the ball in the air because they can't get a pass rush offensively you know got a young freshman quarterback that's doing some good things got a good receiver but uh, it's one of those deals that we got to practice hard all week against ourselves and learn their tendencies but try to get some improvement with some younger guys going against each other all week and uh, get get ready to go into the bye week and have some good uh, momentum getting ready to go for the second half of the season, but it would be a humongous upset, a lot bigger upset than Vanderbilt beating us 
like they did in 2016 for them to beat us. We, we would have to play really bad. Well, and I'm saying Vanderbilt's playing better. They've gotten three wins this season, which may be more than – I don't know what Vegas' over-under was. But in the last two games against the best opponents that, that it's played, given up 52 points to Ole Miss, 55 points to Alabama – Lost earlier in the year, gave up 45 to Wake Forest. So this is one of those games, Roddy, where Georgia's offense should have plenty of opportunities for the chunk plays. I need them to score 60 points. Why? <laughs> because our friends at Dead Soxy, they, they did this last year, and it did turn out as well as we hoped. Uh, basically, they're going to give a discount on all the socks that you buy from them for the next week based on how many points Georgia scores. So Georgia scores 14 points, you get 14% off. They score 28 points, you get 28% off. 50 points, they get 50% off. Up to 60, they're going to cap it at 60. So can't score 78, you know, 80 points, something like that. But so to me, though, this is – we've seen the second half of that uh, Missouri game. Georgia kind of turned it on, or maybe the fourth quarter. Second half last week, they looked great. And this is what drives me crazy about the Georgia team and why we get kind of nitpicky is we saw what they did at Oregon. We've seen what they did in the second half there. We saw what they did to South Carolina. Biggest – we think about it, you beat Auburn, a rival, by 32 points. You had the biggest victory in the history of the series against South Carolina earlier this year. And granted, they're not great teams, but you when you go up against bad teams, you're blowing them out. You're covering the spread. Uh, Missouri's maybe a little better than we thought. Kent State's definitely better than a lot of people thought. But against this bandy team, I want them to kind of – Work out any whatever kinks it were. You know, we had uh, Coach uh, Smart was pointing out, he said, you know, we've had different guys make a mistake on different plays. I, when, but when they all get loose like they did in the second half, and Kirby, I mean, uh, Stetson Bennett said, yeah, we, we were having fun in the second half last week. When they have fun, and hopefully a Vanderbilt homecoming game should be fun for them, see them kind of get that muscle repetition of when, you know, making those big explosive plays, you know, Dejon Edwards in the flat, you know, Don Blaylock getting more involved. Dylan Bell had 31 snaps. You know, maybe this is where Marcus Rosemead gets out there. and Or uh, A.D. Mitchell got in for a couple of snaps. Uh, but, you know, maybe he's more so in this game. Then they get the off week to get everybody healthy. Then they go on to Jacksonville. Use this game as a nice tune-up, get everybody healthy, and then really lay it on. Well, I know we're halfway through the season, but I figured the first seven games are the real first half. Then you get the break, and then you have some tougher games. Use this game to fine-tune everything come out of it without any injuries, but show, show those explosive plays. Put that stuff on tape that's going to freak out uh, Tennessee, freak out Mississippi State, make them worry about it. Just go after them. And really want to see that defensive line continue to develop. Shout out to Zion Logue and uh, Nazir Stackhouse and you know Warren Brinson. Those guys looked great this past week. Let's give Roddy two more minutes and he can go over every player <laughs> on our team. <laughs> uh, well, I would like to talk about the third inning package. <laughs> hey, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good. I mean, you, you talked about everybody but the trainer. Uh, that was good. Well, hey, Ron Corson is the best damn trainer in the history. <laughs> hey, Coach, I did want to ask you real quick about the third down package. We mentioned on the Watch Along show, but the third down is third down three, your three down linemen or your three linemen up there are Michael Williams, a true freshman, Bear Alexander, a true freshman, and Xavier Story, a redshirt freshman. I just think that's fantastic for Georgia yeah. that you're on your money down. The three guys up front are freshmen. Just yeah, I think that's a, it's an alternative lineup that they use, but they've got other guys they can put in there. But they certainly have a skill set to with their speed and quickness and the way they can rush the passer. And it lets your other guys rest a little bit, uh, bring in fresh guys to come in there and uh, put some heat on the quarterback. 
But uh, we also got Marvin Jones coming on strong, too, who's going to be a good pass rusher. But uh, the thing that Kirby's always tried to do with a younger player is say, hey, look, you can't do the total package. You can't play every down. But we know what you do well. And as you get more experience, we'll play you on special teams, but put you in certain collected situations and let you go into the game and have one or two techniques and see if you can execute it. And, and that really applies to uh, offensive players, too, uh, whether it be uh, an, an extra uh, tackle or tight end or wherever it might be. So I, I think it, you saw Meeks a couple of times coming in there and being an extra blocker on the uh, as an uh, extra receiver. So we, we got a good team. I mean, we got a lot of good athletes and uh, recruits that this freshman class uh, has some a few guys that are going to have a hard time playing here, but for the most part, most of these guys we recruited out of this class are going to play a lot for Georgia. Let me get to some uh, YouTube comments and questions real fast, just because I think we sometimes run out of time for them. And then after, uh, we'll get to some from the dog vent. Stacy Moreland says about some of the conversation we were having with the Auburn game, I think that uh, with the success and expectations of become too high at Georgia all of a sudden a 42 to 10 win isn't good enough that's ridiculous I wish our fans could just enjoy the season yeah I mean uh, I, I really really think that most fans are, are not out on the limb about the fact that we haven't destroyed everybody I, I do I, I think they got to be relatively understandable that that you know these things are Football's ebb and flow. I watched the Kansas City Chiefs last night, supposedly the best team in the West. Uh, they behind 17 to nothing in the first half, uh, you know, against a team that only won one game. So, I mean, you, you just never know anymore. It, it's a lot of things. Uh, New York Giants go over and beat Green Bay in, in London. I, I guess they were going to visit the Queens, uh, check out where the Queen, all the Queens, you know, situation, but. You just never know anymore, but but I do know consistently we've been uh, even when at our poorest games we're still in the game. So uh, when, you, when you can win when you don't have your best game, that, that shows a lot about the moxie of your team. Billy Wright is watching from Brooklyn, Georgia, and he says, "Coach, it seems like Stetson may not be putting as much air under the long balls he did earlier. What are your thoughts on that?" Kind of continuing on. Roddy's earlier question. Yeah, I think there's a couple of them that he tried to guide in there and uh, hit between the, the, the secondary. But when you one, say guide in there, what does that mean for someone that's never played just, quarterback? You just, you just hold on a little bit longer and try to just push it in there instead of just letting it flow freely. I, but he did overthrow Bowers, just threw it too far. But, uh, you know, it, it, if his arm has been bothering him, then there's this tendency – to not have the freedom of release that you would normally have. You know, if your elbow's hurting or your shoulder's hurting, you don't throw the ball as naturally. And maybe you think because your shoulder's a little sore, you're going to have to throw it further than you normally would because you don't have the strength. Or, you know, uh, sometimes you don't have to pop over the middle, so you try to guide it. All of us that have played quarterbacks have had those shoulder situations. and uh, But I don't know the extent of his. I think just the fact that, Somebody brought it up that uh, to the TV people, and of course they got to make a lot of it. But it, it didn't keep him from playing, and it certainly didn't keep him from hitting some really throwing through to uh, to McConkey on the boundary. I mean, you just can't you can't throw it any better, and you you got to have some velocity to do that. But uh, 
But this is also the same guy that when he separated his shoulder against Florida two years ago, still tried to play through it. So I don't yeah, think a little shoulder pain is going to be anything to slow him down. Yeah, he knows too. I mean, this is he's got at the most, you know, uh, he's got nine games left in his football uh, college career. So make the most of, of each one of them. And he's 3-0 and against Auburn. Not many quarterbacks can say that. That's true. I thought about that. Although, although anybody since 2009 has got a good chance of being a <laughs> two and one because they only won three. So uh, that's, that's probably not a good quote for me. But what we got next here? I, I thought Roddy was going somewhere. He looked pensive. So he no, I was just, me. I, sir, I'm just laughing. I, I feel bad because I covered uh, Owen Papo. Uh, in his recruitment forever, and somebody mentioned him on the board, and they said he was 0-4. And, and I'm like, oh. man, that's just the meanest thing I've ever heard. But I can't not laugh at it. And don't be, I love the kid. He's a good guy. You know, Georgia recruited Owen Papo very heavily, but he went to Auburn. And it's just it reminds you how people never forget what happens on the recruiting trail, you know? I mean, is it George, safe to George say wanted that? Tank, you know, and they're like, hey, he held Tank to 19 yards. It doesn't matter who it is, but somebody that Georgia went after really hard and they didn't get him, the Georgia fans follow him, you know, and follow their careers. And the, the guy on our board that came up and said, that's Owen Forrest right there in the name. I'm like, damn, that's me. <laughs> is it safe to say that? Days no later, I'm still laughing about it. I don't even like puns. You know that. No one enjoyed that win more than Mike Bobo, right? Yeah, Mike was happy with. I bet he was. I mean, yeah, he and uh, he and Coach Muschamp both have had two good wins this year. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Muschamp got his uh, McClendon too. McClendon too. Oh my God! Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) write the story. This is like the. Trying to think of that movie where the guy, uh, this is like Kill Bill. There's a list <laughs> going down the list, just getting revenge on everybody. I don't think revenge tour. Kill Bill was bloody, but Kill Bill 2 was unbelievable massacre. I, I, I couldn't watch that again. The rest, I, I mean, did you watch Kill Bill 2? Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> it was brutal. It was, but this, this is that's what it feels like. It's like the, uh, Got the list, you know, and just r- scratching them off. I had not realized three coaches on the staff have gotten their revenge. Great. Yeah, we need to write that story, Dave. Good good call there. I mean, so I, I would say that it's very yeah. unlikely that Georgia find itself in a position where either Stacey Searles or Fran Brown get the same opportunity. Yeah, we're probably not going to play Rutgers <laughs> or North Carolina. <laughs> All right, what we got next here? Uh, I didn't need, we need to take a quick break, and I need to mention a couple of our sponsors real fast, um, especially our friends over at uh, the My, uh, Prime Shrimp. Uh, Prime Shrimp is a company in New Orleans, and a lot of people, you know, it's a new concept to them trying to figure out how this works. And I'm like, look, it's really simple. It's uh, You get fantastic shrimp for free. I mean, not for, for less mess. So there is a promo code. It's UGA Sports. It gets you $20 off your first order. So if you're buying, like, two packages, you can probably get one of those packets for free. But it's exceptional exceptional shrimp made simple. Basically, what you do is you go to primeshrimp.com, you order your shrimp, and it's going to come to you frozen. Now, it's already peeled, deveined, and seasoned. They're seasoned packets, stuff inside the shrimp that's coated in this, okay? It comes to you in a box. There's dry ice in the box, so it stays frozen the entire time. You open the box, take the little packets out, put put them in your freezer. Don't touch the dry ice with your bare hands although it's fun to play with, especially now that it's Halloween. So 
take the uh, shrimp, put it in your freezer, and then when it's time for you to eat, all you need to do is boil water. If you can boil water, you can have fantastic shrimp. So you go to your freezer, take the shrimp out. There's two uh, clear bags in there. You'll see the shrimp into it. Drop the frozen bag. You don't have to thaw it. Drop the frozen bag into the boiling water. Turn it over one time. Take it out four or five minutes later. You have a perfectly seasoned, fantastic shrimp. It's tender. It's delicious. It, these guys make, they've been doing this since, since the 40s. They know exactly what they're doing. Uh, the pre-sauced shrimp is great. So you get pre-seasoned, pre-sauced shrimp, even or just their plain shrimp. So you want to make shrimp tacos, shrimp linguine, whatever you want. The uh, buttered herb is fantastic. Uh, I love their Cajun style. Their um, uh, the lemon, cracked lemon and peppers, great. So try the shrimp and use promo code UGA Sports to get twenty dollars off your first order. Also need to mention our friends over at Academia Brewing Company. They have a new menu out over there. You need to check out the new menu. So we're going to talk about food. We're talking about shrimp. Go over there and try their new. Uh, hot chicken tender uh, flatbread try the new steak they have out there they have a black and blue burger where it's got blue cheese on the uh, burger it's great so they have a brand new menu plus their old favorites are there and they're always rolling out new beers uh, great place to watch it so go out and try the little flight and you can try four different beers or on wednesday you can try you know, a bunch of different wines but they have a new menu out at academia brewing company so if you're in town to watch the uh, uh Vanderbilt game, you're in town for homecoming, swing by there, pick up some beer to take home with you, try all their fantastic new menu items and their new beers, and you'll have a great time at Academia Brewing Company. Of course, they always have Trivia Tuesdays and the live music on Thursdays, so hit them up when you get a chance. Question from our friend on Twitter, UGA alum 95. After Saturday, is Dejan Edwards now running back one and Branson Robinson running back two? I don't really think so, uh, just because Kenny Mack has got so much experience and knows a lot more about the protections, gives you more in a passing game. Uh, you know, both these guys got a role, but, uh, you know, push comes to shove. I think Kenny McIntosh would be the guy you'd play more than those two. I also don't know that who starts or is one or two really matters anymore because in this conference, you need four running backs. And if one of these guys goes down, you need Cash Jones to be ready to take meaningful carries. It just takes that level of depth in this league. Right. Also, if one of the guys has a good run, they pull him. It's like, hey, you ran great. You ran 17 yards. Yank him out of there. Yeah, that's one thing that I I don't understand sometimes, but I don't know what the rationale. But we, we did that with uh, Chubb and uh, Michelle, too. I mean, oh, that's, yeah. that's what they do. So we got, Swift got a lot of carries that way. Yeah, we got a good situation there as far as – Edwards is developing, and, and he's a he's a good change-up guy to come in there and with all the things he can do. Coach, it used to be that when players would run on and off the field, I thought that it was how the play call was getting in. I know that happens occasionally still, but that communication has changed, right, where you don't necessarily have a new guy coming on the field with the play. Yeah, we, we don't really uh, – we don't do any uh, signaling with the – I mean, messaging with the player coming in and saying – Hey, run this play, you know, like some teams will run a guy in with the play. We we signal everything from the sideline, formation, play, personnel grouping, everything. So the coaches on the sideline are responsible for, based on the pregame uh, philosophy, Kirby will go over who's going to play what and what they're going to do, and the coaches talk about it. And then 
you don't want to get a deal with what's he doing in there and you hadn't talked about it so uh you know kirby can't keep up with the substitutions but uh or neither can the coordinators they got to call the play so it's already preset who's going to play and then the position coach is going to shuffle them in and out good job. i was wondering how they did that who was making that call because i remember year, a while back somebody asked kirby about the wide receiver rotations like i don't I don't know why that wide receiver was in there. Not that, like, it, I mean, he knew that he was good, but he's like, I'm not the one calling who goes in and who goes out. Right. He gave the uh, wide receivers coach credit for who he's for subbing in and subbing out all the time. Right. So, or, but he, the, he does give them credit, but they, yeah. have a, they have a meeting every Saturday morning and they go over sub, subbing and they go over if somebody gets hurt, are we going to move this guy there on a special team? If the guy's on the special team gets hurt, then we're going to take this guy out of the rotation on uh, offense and just play him on special teams all the time. I mean, they cover all that exhaustive uh, checklist every Saturday morning, which I think is very good. So going back to the uh, the question there from uh, UGL95, are we making too much of the fact that Dejon had three touchdowns and that Branson uh, was running over a, just a dead Auburn team? Are we not giving Kenny McIntosh enough credit? For what yeah, he's been I mean, able to do. What I said, I mean, is is uh, like last night. Uh, Travis Kelsey caught six passes for thirty-one yards, but four touchdowns. He had four touchdown passes, you know, three or four yards or less. One for about ten, but uh, you know, the touchdowns are important. But getting the ball and making, uh, you know, salient type. Uh, Really good movement and first downs and all that. Uh, Asia looks good doing that too. I guess my thought was he's a good player, but I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to discount Kenny Mack or, or Milton. I mean, there's a reason those two were ahead of him, but he's he's certainly getting better and he's taking advantage of both of them being hurt a little bit too. I mean, he's he's made the best of his opportunity, but I don't think you'll see him. Uh, being the number one guy, he might be. We'll see. Well, one of the fallacies that I think we fall into is as reporters, even, but then also fans, is that like football is not a vacuum play to play, it's a cumulative effect. And Kirby Smart mentioned that this week. That one reason I think you saw Branson Robinson be really good in the fourth quarter, not that he wasn't earlier in the game as well, but Georgia had beaten Auburn down by that point. And so yeah. it was a different Auburn front that they were playing in the fourth quarter than the one they were playing in the first. True. Uh, Coach, this is an interesting question that just popped up uh, from Big Sky Dog. We hadn't heard from him in a while, but he's enjoying the Big Sky country. Uh, which of Georgia's coaches would take the tech job? Would any of them want to face Kirby every year? Who, who, you're in the coaching world. Who wants the tech job? Not, I'm not trying to put down tech, but I mean, I know that a lot of people are going to look at Georgia, but that's I thought it was an interesting question. Tell you who wants it, Brent Key. The interim coach. I mean, he's won he's won two games, and he's fighting for the job, and we'll see how it works out. But you know, Tech's been a a job over the years. The right guy that they've won. I mean, they won the national championship. Uh, you know, in the nineties, that one year they got with Colorado for it. Shared it, yeah. yeah. And so, uh, it, you know, it, it's there's not but 130 of these things. And it's hard to come by. And you, you, there's a lot of money involved, and there's a lot of off-the-field advantage over there with those alumni, the way they take care of the coach. So I don't know 
I haven't spoken to anybody in particular here about the job, but uh, I would think I would certainly look at Bill O'Brien, who is a very successful coordinator for Alabama, who has some tech background coaching with O'Leary over there. I would look at Munkin. I would look at Del McGee. Del's got a tremendous knowledge of the state and uh, has a really good rapport with the community itself. So uh, those would be three guys that I would look at. Yeah, I think this question came up right afterwards. I said that, you know, if I was a tech, I'd look at any of them. But I just don't know that any of the Georgia folks would be like, if I'm Munkin or those guys, you know, Del McGee, I'm like, yeah, hey, I appreciate it. Thanks. You know, give me a raise at Georgia, but I'm going to wait till this other program opens up, you know. <laughs> just I wouldn't base it on having to play Kirby. I would base it on having to play Duke and Wake Forest and that's all true. that. That's true. That's a good point. You win some conferences over there. Yeah. Let's remember, too, that Georgia Tech is in the same position as Auburn, where you have to get that athletic director position filled first because yeah. not many people are going to sign up not knowing who their boss is. True. Yeah, Matt Rule's available. I see you, Antoine Sampson. <laughs> hey, Matt Rule, for some reason, has got these prep. He's got Bruce Feldman and Stuart Mandel and all these guys talking about what a tremendous evaluator he is of players because he got some players for Baylor when they were down after all that debacle about the Art Browse went through. And, you know, he did a pretty good job. And then Temple, they won a little bit. But uh, you, would th- you would think he's the most – uh, the best evaluator in the history of football, but uh, he, he supposedly he's going to be in on all these jobs, so we'll have to see. Coach, you've learned by now, and you see it with us every week, at least on Tuesdays and Fridays, if there's a media narrative out there, the media buys into it <laughs> because we're, we don't know enough to know that our, me- yeah, our narrative is well, wrong, so we're going to stick with our more. narratives. I think the people on our site, like you and Dane, do a good job of Trying to learn more about the ins and outs of it, but and, and then you got Brent Rollins on it too. But realistically, uh, you know, if a guy's been in a turnaround situation like he was at Baylor and at Temple, uh, people are going to look at him to say, "Well, but if I'm him, with that payout he's getting from the pros, I would be a I'd be working for ESPN. If Dan Mullen can work for ESPN." Anybody can. <laughs> I don't mean it like I don't mean it like I know what you're, I know it's, wrong, it's the wrong way. I think Dan's got some certain value to it, but you know, at the same time, um, there's a lot more guys that have more TV presence than him. I think. Yeah, I get what you mean on that. I thought Gene Chizik made the transition pretty well. That was yeah, he I, did, I, but he wants to change me. He's fighting it hard to get that North Carolina job. I mean, if they can keep winning and Mac retires, he'll have a good shot at it. I hope so. I just I, – I remember hearing that. I'm thinking, oh, he's going to be terrible. And then I was like, wow, that's good. So Also, don't discount the, about you, coach. Don't discount the family lives of these coaches. Gene Chizik, when I was working in Auburn, he was there often still after he got fired and he was doing the TV stuff because his kids were still in the Auburn public city school system yeah. there. He wanted them to get graduated, and then he jumped back into coaching. That's pretty common. Yeah, that's true. That's a good one. I, I right. have another question, if you don't mind. All right, go ahead. This is from Mama Montgomery, another person we haven't heard from for a while. I'm sure she's out in Montgomery. But Georgia fan uh, in the heart of Alabama says, how can we see Darnell Washington get the ball more, Coach? What We've seen them do a ton of stuff to get the ball in the hands of Brock Bowers. Uh, Kirby Smart was asked about this yesterday. He made the 
think about you made the joke about triple coverage, but you know they've given it to him on sweeps. They did little pump passes, pop passes to him. They've gotten him the ball a ton of different ways. What about getting the ball? Can you do the same stuff with Darnell, or is it just a complete? He's just such a different body size that you can't do that type of stuff. Well, there are certain things he can do to Bowers. I don't think you really run a jet sweep with him <laughs> from, a, from a quickness standpoint, but you maybe could put him in on the goal line for the you know wildcat and try to go over the top. But uh, I don't know the answer. I mean, uh, we've had people have asked me that for three years now. How many? How can we get it to him more? I don't. It just doesn't seem to be a real uh, prominent part of our thinking to try to do that. So, you know, why we don't, I don't know. So we, we, get, good. we got a lot of different people trying to feed a lot of mouths, but uh, <laughs> we don't, we don't press Darnell a lot as far as forcing throws to him. That's for sure. I'd so like what you're that. saying coach is that Georgia needs to lobby to play with two footballs instead of just one. Well, you can do that if you're rolling like we did the first three games. But after the third game, then we're struggling for first downs. And we're, you know, I told you, I didn't think we'd do a lot of three and outs this year, but we have more than I thought the last three games. So when you're really rolling and you're, things are going, anything you call is going to work. So you can't waste many plays trying to call a play to get it to a certain guy. If you're not making first downs, you're a lot more interested in how we're going to make this first down. But I thought it was really sweet the other day when we were struggling and we came out there and ran the naked bootleg and threw the ball in the flat to Darnell and really got it. Our, that's when we really started humming there. That's when our quarterback was on the move. And from that point on, we, we scored every series. All right. Getting him getting him rolling is, is big. And I like seeing Darnell out there just doing his thing. Uh, plus, he's blocking. I mean yeah. – we take it, get, get the ball to him. You're losing a blocker there. And that guy just is a, I like what Kirby said about him. He displaces people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's a big, he absolutely displaces people. You heard that phone ringing in the background. That was Darnell calling me, telling me how to get the ball to him. <laughs> oh, you missed the call. We'll have to wait until yeah. next week. Maybe yeah. we'll call See, back. Now we're, we're going to be all the way into the off season before, I mean, off into the off week before you can hit him up. Um, Roddy, why don't we take our last break, and then uh, I've got five questions from the dogman. We'll wrap the show. Five. Wow. Five. Okay. Uh, I want to mention our friends at Dead Soxy because they have a special promo going on. This will be based on this week's game. So if you're uh, watching the game, root for Georgia's score a lot, even if they're, uh, you know, like it's 42 nothing. Tell Kirby to keep bringing the points, keep piling it up, because for every point Georgia scores, you will get that same uh, percentage off your order at deadsoxy.com. So you go to deadsoxy.com, put in the promo code UGA Sports, and if Georgia wins, uh, if Georgia scores 42 points, you get 42% off. If they score 49 points, you get 49% off, all the way up to 60 points. So if they score uh, 63, you get 60 points or 60% off your next score at uh, deadsoxy.com. Now they make all these cool red and black socks. They make uh, socks for like the LSU fans or. Uh, Alabama fans, for tons of uh, other college football fans out there. Plus, they have great dress socks and athletic socks and no-shows. And it's the most comfortable socks you ever wear. But, you know, our normal 25% off promo code for UGA Sports is great. But if you really want to get a good deal, especially, I mean, you're already seeing all the Christmas uh, signs up at uh, or Christmas decorations and stores. You know the holidays are going to be here. You know you need to get those corporate gifts, those family gifts. Get them something they're going to wear every day. 
and do it after Georgia puts a, a hurting on Vanderbilt this weekend for homecoming, get a lot of points, get a lot of uh, a huge discount thanks to the score sale that they're going to have there. Okay. I also want to mention our friends at My Perfect Franchise. Now, let's say you want to diversify your income or you're like, hey, I'm sick of this job. I, I, it's a Tuesday at noon. I can't watch the guys do the uh, the podcast with Coach Don and I got to wait till I get home or let's do it on the ride home. I want to be able to be <coughs> my own boss and say, hey, don't schedule any calls between 12 and 1 o'clock. Well, if you want to run your own business and you, but you think everything, creating a franchise is like, which restaurant do I want? There's 30,000 different franchises out there. No, there's tons of them. Don't be stuck to the one, the, the simple franchise of, uh, or the simple idea that it's only a restaurant. There's turnkey stuff. There's stuff you can do from your home. There's stuff you can do while keeping your current job. You know, uh, you can get, there's, you know, low investments, there's high investments, but check out our friend Andy Ludecki at myperfectfranchise.net. Hit him up, say, look, heard about it on the UGA Sports Show. He's already taken a ton of UGA Sports readers and gotten them into new franchises. We have some new roofers out there. We have people with uh, turkey businesses uh, that he's helped get them. Now, it's not going to cost you anything to reach out to him. Uh, he takes care of all that. I think he actually gets paid by the franchise owner. So I don't even think it costs you anything. Point being, hit up myperfectfranchise.net and get yourself out of the rat race, be your own boss, be the person who signs the front of the checks, not the back. Roddy, I told you it was coming from KCKD. Should Roddy have known not to ask Kirby Smart about bye week plans before Georgia was on the bye week? No, because the reason that I say that was because we were asked or we were told, hey, uh, there'll be no Monday press conference next week. So we won't get to talk to Kirby very much during the bye week. So my question was, and he kind of took it scants. But I wanted to know what was his priority. Was it uh, working on the passing game? Was it working on, you know, getting guys healthy? What, what, you know, not so much don't look, look past Vandy, but that bye week to me is so important because after seven games, that, that last stretch is going to be so tough uh, from a uh, competition standpoint. What, what do they want to work on on the bye week? You know, what, what does he feel their issue is? Of course, I can see him not answering because he's like, I'm not going to tell you what our weakness is or what we're worried about. But he acted like, uh, oh, I can't, I'm not even thinking about the bye week. And I'm like, do you think about the practice field? Tell me you haven't thought about what you're going to work on the bye week. But I, to, his, to his credit, if he doesn't want to answer, then so be it. All right. Casey KD has been around a long time, and we appreciate them being a member of the board for two decades. D-Rock UGA says, I love the show and I listen every week. Last week, I ordered 300 custom socks from Dead Soxie. When I first met Jason virtually to discuss, I told him that he could credit the advertising with UGA Sports for the sales opportunity. And then also, I had, my, of all time. I had my vehicle serviced at Athens Ford last week. I appreciate the sponsors, and they really do give good service. His question says, Kirby Smart can't look ahead, but Coach Donnan can. Which game scares him more? Tennessee and Athens or Mississippi State and Starkville. Also, your thoughts on the Tennessee Vols defense? Well, I think both of them are, certainly have uh, issues that we're going to have to work against. But uh, playing on the road is always a little more difficult. Uh, Mississippi State at this point is a little more complete team with their defense uh, being a little bit better structure maybe at this point than Tennessee's. Uh you know, I think uh, they, they've got one loss where they played inexplicably terrible in the second half against LSU. But uh, the, the thing that you have the problem with with, with Mississippi State compared to uh, Tennessee is Tennessee is going to have some 
take so many shots that once in a while they're going to stop themselves and they're not going to, um, you know, it's going to be three and out. Mississippi State, you've got to stop them. They execute, they throw a high percentage, a lot of balls behind the line. They're running the ball better. And uh, it's hard to get off the field. You don't get as many possessions against Mississippi State as you will against uh, Tennessee. So, uh, plus playing on the road. Hopefully, we'll, that'll be a 3.30 game. And the other thing was talk about Tennessee's defense. Yeah. Uh, pretty good against the run. Uh, not real good on third down. Have trouble with a mo- mobile quarterback. Terrible against the pass. I mean, they're, they're – uh, they're not as bad as Vanderbilt at this point, but they, they really don't play the ball in the air and they don't give much of a pass rush. So if young, you know, Bryce Young plays, it'll be very difficult for them to beat Alabama. I'm going to tailor uh, MC Jones 1969's question a little bit because we've discussed uh, Georgia and Auburn. But so I'm going to tailor the question this way. He's saying that Auburn's offense is limited. So, Coach, what can you kind of learn about your defense when you're playing an offense that's limited like Auburn's was? Well, I thought we learned some self-discipline as far as containing the quarterback. I mean, he's a, he's a guy that can hurt you. He never did really hurt us running. He, you know, early on he made a first down, and he had a couple that he, that he kept the ball. But for the most part, we contained him. Uh, we kept the ball in front of us, didn't give up any big plays. We were very disciplined, didn't have many penalties on defense. So uh, th- all those things, for Auburn to be successful, we had to do those things to help them. We had to lose containment. We had to give up some big plays. We had to have some penalties. None of those things happened. And creating turnovers is certainly a problem that they've had all year, uh, the other team doing it, and we did that some too. So I thought we had a really good game against their offense. This question from Coach, and the O is a zero in the handle on the dog. Then, Coach Adonan, once in the red zone in your coaching career, which did you prefer in a close game, a rushing or a passing attack to get the touchdown? Well, I think a lot of it has to do with down and distance, but anytime you're inside the 20, I look at it like this, four into 10 is 2.5. If you can average 2.5 per carry, I'd much prefer running the ball in uh, if you've got that capabilities. But at the same time, you don't want to hit your head against the wall if they've got everybody on their team ganged up to stop you. And you've got a proficient passer that can throw the fade or hit the crossing route or throw the, the, the fade stop or whatever it might be. you got a better chance of hitting that than you do making three yards running the ball. So a lot of it has to do with the defensive uh, configuration uh, plus the fact if, if you've got the uh, hammer and tone back that can make some yards on his own too, uh, there's a lot to be said about that. But the one thing that I always had in my repertoire that we don't use is we had the option, which your quarterback running the option inside the goal line, uh, the, the red zone is a defensive coach's nightmare because you've you got to play man coverage on the perimeter. You don't have, Greatest uh, run support. You can seal the inside. It's basically one on one, and uh, a good option attack inside the twenty is hard to stop. And our final question of this episode from Billy Zane, common uh, question asker from the Dog Van. He says most offenses want to be able to attack in different ways. Regarding no huddle, 
sugar huddle, like we saw against Missouri late, hurry up on the standard huddle, is that predetermined based on the opponent, or is it more situational during the course of the game? Great, great question. Uh, I think a lot of it has to do with where you are on the field, what the down and distance is. The sugar huddle is one where you don't want to show the defense anything until the last second, so you break the huddle quickly and try to run a quick play. Uh, you huddle up a lot of times just to reconfigure everybody and, and make sure everybody knows what they're doing. The uh, fast-paced stuff is to keep them off guard and make sure they can't sub with you. Uh, you can you don't have to sub. You can run a play quickly. Uh, a lot of different ways you look at it, but I would say game plan-wise, we're going to sugar huddle short yardage. We're going to uh, quick huddle. I mean, we're going to run a quick plays after a big play. That would be your new game plan. Or we got to milk the clock, we'll huddle up. So all those things go into consideration. I knew I liked the sugar huddles. I tend to like most things that have sugar in it. <laughs> you know what? That's what you say, depending on what time the game is. Sugar in the morning, that's for 12 o'clock. Sugar in the afternoon, that's for 3.30. And sugar in the evening. You heard that song. Sugar in the morning, sugar in the evening. Sugar at supper time. Oh, supper time, yeah, I do that one. Sugar, you want to, but uh, what we got to eat there, Roddy? I was just showing you all, that's the uh, pickle, sausage, and cheese basket here at uh, Classic City Eats. So. That looks pretty good. That looks I'm pretty good. They also have their sauces and their rubs and such out here. So I'm just saying, I've been sitting here watching the show and I keep pausing because the smell keeps hitting me and it keeps throwing me off and I keep losing my train of thought. So I apologize to folks for being uh, completely out of it today because this the right, smell right. of food is just too good, man. Good. It's distracting as hell. Hi, folks. Hey, I really appreciate it. When, when I was in high school, uh, sometimes on the weekends, I'd work out there at the Circle G Drive in theater and and one time the guy didn't make was there that was uh, supposed to be giving the menu to everybody and and nobody was going to do it. So they asked me to do it. So I'll give it to you. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Circle G Drive-In Theater. In our concession, you'll find ice cold drinks, candy, chewing gum, and cigarettes. And featuring the best hot dogs in town. A mighty good taste treats, a good hot box of popcorn, and fresh Coca-Cola. You'll find both inside. Come on in and see us. <laughs> How do you remember that? God. Your memory as like because I know right now if I said coach, tell me what the play call was for a touchdown in 1997, you're going to be able to rattle it off to me. And that well, I just, just I did that mind. not to show off. I was talking about giving you a menu. I wasn't showing no, off. I, no, like I just you didn't intend to show off, but it was impressive. Can that it's be it's still impressive? Cool? Yes. I can't remember what I'm supposed to do at three o'clock today though, but uh, that's why I got a calendar over here where you guys see it, but. Uh, well, I think Thursday at eight, you're doing around the league, so you know that. Yeah, eight o'clock Thursday, right? Three o'clock. Hey, we got to give him hell. Remind people about that show. A lot of people don't know about it, but uh, you know, if you subscribe to our YouTube channel, it'll tell you when we're coming on, and uh, more and more people are subscribing, and uh, that's a good show. We get a chance to talk about other teams in the league, and I like to bust these other teams. Uh, yes, you I do. do. I, I do. I mean, some of them are really good but uh, some of them aren't near as good as they think they are yeah it's around the league it's our thursday podcast with coach donna and myself and brent rollins occasionally we have to put it out there on friday mornings just depending on, on scheduling but we talk about what's happening in the sec outside of georgia 
with Coach Donnan's uh, connections and just the way he watches football, Brent Rollins with PFF, and then, you know, I sit there and, and make jokes. Uh, we just cover it. It's a lot of fun. And I'm really proud of our YouTube channel because we're closing in on 30,000 subscribers. We're top in UGA media right now, and that's thanks to the fans that support us. So that's super cool. We're going to celebrate big time when we get to 30,000, which is going to be very shortly. Yeah, the other thing, and then we'll never have to hear me say anything again, but the other way that I made a little money was calling square dances on the side. So it's <laughs> Alaman left with the old left hand. Now back to your partner with the right leg down, big foot up and big foot down. You could make that big foot hit the ground. Down on the barnyard on my knees, I thought I heard a chicken sneeze. Sneeze his head and fell right off. Sneeze his head. Hell yeah, Alaman left with the old left hand. And back to your partner with a right left grand. Wow. That's fantastic. Uh, that's why you could have been a uh, auctioneer. You could have done that too. Yeah, that was. I love uh, now I'm a, I'm I'm gonna retire from the show because people are gonna be be really bad about me. What they? go play bingo at the AARP. That's what. I'll fight them because I love yeah. it. All right, well, we do too. Hey, folks, we appreciate everybody tuning in. Uh, shout out to our podcast sponsors, Athens Ford, Your Pie, Academia Brewing Company, Dead Soxy, Prime Shrimp, and, of course, My Perfect Franchise. It means a lot to us. You're tuning in every week. means a lot to us as well. And we will see you next Tuesday at noon. Thank you so much, folks. I'll take care.